broadcasting from the UNMC College of Nursing. Get ready for RN Huddle, the podcast dedicated to bringing hot topics for and by nurses to the table. Well, welcome to RN Huddle. This is your host, Heidi Keeler, coming to you from Omaha, Nebraska. And we always like to talk about all things nurse. We are for nurses by nurses. So today we've invited ER nurse extraordinaire, Ashley Boyd to the show. And we are going to go ahead and talk about burnout and secondary traumatic stress. So these are things related to self-care and we really wanna make sure that we're caring for ourselves as we care for our patients. And we really need to dive deep into these concepts to do that. So welcome to the show, Ashley. Thank you for having me, Heidi. I'm really excited to participate. We just love having return guests on our show. We love bringing topics of interest to all nurses here. And we are just so proud of the work that you're doing and can't wait to bring part two to our listeners. So Ashley, for those that didn't listen to our first episode on compassion fatigue, why don't you tell the audience a little bit about yourself? Well, I have been an emergency room nurse for over 20 years. I did a little stint in the ICU. And I created Treat the Nurse out of desperation to um, really reduce my own compassion fatigue and get rid of the negativity of feeling that I did not want to be in the career of bedside nursing anymore. I really was able to develop a tool that was to give bedside nurses the tools to treat ourselves because we're always armed in school with the the ability to treat our patients with the best of our ability, but we're kind of left to the wayside as the actual caregiver. So that's why I developed the daily debriefing. The daily debriefing, it sounds so amazing. You know, I don't know a nurse alive who hasn't had at least one day of struggle uh, caring for people at the bedside. So, you know, when we think about nursing, we think about the white cap and the the nurse holding the hand of the patient and, you know, this very rosy picture of what it's like being a nurse, that the happy outcomes. But tell us a little bit about the good and the bad, the ups and the downs of nursing and what led that to you creating Treat the Nurse. Well, I think that's a very good um, portrayal of what the bedside nurse is. But what people don't really realize is how many hats that a nurse wears. I mean, not only do we actually care for the patient with titrating medications and being a mini pharmacist, we apply ortho interventions to patients, we walk them around, we emotionally support them, we become social workers to figure out how to care for them the best way with their insurance and rides. There are a lot of things to juggle. So if you feel inadequate in one of those categories, you're just going to start to feel a little bit overwhelmed. And to begin out of the gate as a new grad, you're already overwhelmed because you're terrified you're going to hurt somebody because you just don't know what you're doing. But imagine feeling like that 20 years into the game. I That's when I got to the point when I was about six years ago feeling this overwhelming hatred, for lack of a better word, of the hospital, hospital hatred. And that was because I didn't know how to take care of myself. I was emotionally drained, physically exhausted, and just mentally feeling like I couldn't get help anywhere. 
And that's when I went on the quest to talk to over 200 psychologists, psychiatrists, neuroscientists to really develop something that we could use every day at any moment of your life and feel confident that you could do it yourself or you could do it in a group or you could completely share it with your family and they can debrief with you. Everybody has those moments of stress and there's no reason to be ashamed about it. It's just a matter of learning how to deal with it appropriately. Right, and we know that the state of mental health access is never enough and that there are unique stressors that nurses face that it's difficult to get help for because is it clinical? Is it not clinical? Is it something that you can prevent? Is it something that just by doing something simple, you can, you know, mitigate something more long-term. Now, I know that you have really dived deep into what secondary traumatic stress is and, and what that leads to in your quest to find out more about how to help yourself and other nurses. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Absolutely. So secondary traumatic stress is something that is not normal. Let's just start with that because I think that we live at a stress level as a nurse so high and we function, but it's just not okay to function at that level all the time. I mean, everybody has different types of stress, but they're not affected per se at an office job. Like we are at a hospital taking care of people. So certain things will begin to take a toll on you. Certain sounds and sights, even smells. It can cause flashbacks. It's very similar to post-traumatic stress that veterans actually endure all the time. And that's because as a nurse, we're in an urban emotional war zone is the way that I like to say it. And because we've normalized it, nobody really talks about it. They joke about it. They go have drinks and talk about your patients and you relate, but you don't actually help yourself. You are actually reliving those moments and it's called vicarious trauma. And by reliving those moments continuously, you're actually hindering yourself, even though at first you feel like, oh, this, that was good to get out. But the way the brain functions is that now it's going to hold on to that memory and that hormone that you've released. So you're associating a feeling and a hormone with what you saw or felt. And to me, I did the same thing. I would relate with my coworkers. I'd go out for drinks. I would chit chat with my husband. And that's when I realized I'm just reliving my life all over again. And this isn't feeling good. This is actually making me feel more terrible of, about not only my work, but how I physically feel. And it gave me that aha moment of secondary traumatic stress is not normal. Well, you know, that this is so relatable because there's a lot of jokes about what nurses talk about at the lunch table and, you know, how graphic that can be. But you're right. I mean, what are we really doing to mitigate the effects of those things? Or are we actually making it worse? So what are some of the things that happen if you don't get this vicarious trauma under control? 
if you could only imagine somebody who is having like an outburst of PTSD, some people have treated patients where these patients are literally like He-Man because they are in such a state of fight or flight. And that can actually happen to us. It's just shown in a different way. And that is by having other triggers trigger you more. For example, like sights or smells, my big trigger for myself is actually like doing wound care on dry blood and getting it wet. That smell, it's a very distinct smell. It sends me into a spiral that I relive a trauma that I had helped years ago. And that's when I realized we have the ability, our brain is so wicked amazing that we have the ability to remember things that long ago. But what is interesting is the ability to understand you can help yourself. It's very simple, but you have to be able to be aware of what's going on. And I think that's the difference with secondary traumatic stress. Like when you have that fight or flight start taking over, it's almost like when you witness a panic attack, it's which route is my brain going to go down? Is it going to go down the rabbit hole or am I going to be able to get out of it? And it's the same thing with secondary traumatic stress. It's just how much is the exacerbation going to be? It's so interesting that all of these things are happening really subconsciously that we don't really think about it or, you know, really think about what's going on. So I imagine that if we don't figure out what our triggers are, if we don't understand what's happening, you know, in our minds, that that could lead to some terrible outcomes. What did you find in your research that happens if you don't get a handle on this spiral? Oh gosh, it's, it literally made me break down into sobs because the suicide rate is becoming astronomical. People don't talk about it. Depression is basically like the norm now for a nurse, which is so sad to think about and anxiety And a lot of people, if you talk to and not only gather the data from outside sources, the amount of medications that nurses are on is astonishing. And that's because we're not given the appropriate tools to help ourselves. And we are caregivers and we don't, we're, we all know this, we're horrible patients, but we're going to have to learn how to be a good patient to for ourselves to be able to sustain the career and enjoy the career. So I think that if, if you're in a constant state of anxiety or depression or re-experiencing stress, that you could experience what you experienced early in your career and that that burnout starts to set in, right? Absolutely. And, you know, I've heard from many people that have overcome burnout that as you're sliding into burnout it's a slow fade what does that look like can you explain that to our our listeners so that they can either identify it in themselves or in a coworker? sure it's kind of makes me laugh how you said it's a slow fade because it's exactly what it is I imagine like my kids are little and so they're into lightning McQueen so I just imagine this race car going around the race car the racetrack and he's sliding his back end out and that back end is when are you going to go over the edge and spin out or are you going to be able to straighten it back out and go back straight so you can win the race and it's a gradual onset you know like 
you you like to talk to yourself and talk yourself out of these feelings, but the feelings are real. And when you start to ignore them, your physical manifestations are going to be screaming at you so loud that hopefully you can feel it enough to stop yourself from ignoring it or have a strong enough friend or coworker to tell you, hey, something isn't right. What can I do to help? Or how can we get help together? The physical manifestations can be from anything that you could possibly imagine that you wouldn't think that it would actually be occurring from the stress of your job, but weight gain, hypertension, anxiety that is causing you to be on medication, I find a ton of people that have gallbladder issues because they're eating high fat foods um, when they're stressed out or the lovely goodies that are always around the unit. There's so many different types of exacerbation points that you can physically go through. But instead of just making it an okay habit, it's almost like the biggest red flag of your life that you have to actually scare yourself a little bit of oh my God, like this is really happening. I'm not sleeping because of work. And I've gained 30 pounds because I am so stressed out because of work. Well, those are signs, but now what can you do about it? And I think that's where so many people take to the, to the point of just talking about it and not actually doing something about it. So that's when I say that friend that is brave enough to, to talk to you about it you need to latch onto them as hard as you can and ride the train together and help each other because it's few and far between when you can find that coworker and bring yourselves back to the, that neutral position of winning the race. What are some of those things that you can do? What, what have you discovered in your uh, treat the nurse quest? I know that you mentioned your daily debrief. What, what else can we do? Yeah, absolutely. So there's a lot of different things with neurofeedback and biofield awareness that you can do. Neurofeedback, um, you can kind of train your brain for lack of a better way of really talking about that in a long-term <laughs> sentence. But I, to me, I always go to biofield. Biofield is the actual energy given off of your cells. It used to be a very uh, woo-woo, not very talked about subject, but it's kind of funny when People say that is too woo-woo to talk about and be applicable to, to daily life or even in medicine. But when you come down to it, all cells give off energy, right? And that's how we measure an EKG or we see a CAT scan or use a PET scan to illuminate cellular activity. It's all energy. And when you're feeling this overwhelming burnout feeling, you can simply clear your unneeded energy. And the way that I like to say this is that you can do this and my kids do it. So anybody can do it. If my, if my three and five-year-old can do it, anybody can do it. You really just imagine whatever you're feeling into like a black cloud, or I always say a swarm of bees and you take a nice big deep breath and then you blow that out. You physically in your head, see that leave your mouth. And I've had people had reactions that are so intense from vasovagaline, vomiting, turning white as a ghost, turning bright red, because you just don't realize the power of energy of each individual cell that you have. 
and the power of your brain to really get rid of that and release it. That description kind of reminds me of a scene in the Green Mile where he's blowing yes. out the negative energy. Absolutely. You know, it, it, it's interesting. Nurses are with patients and perceiving the negative or positive energy all the time. Mm-hmm. And we don't really consider it to be hard enough science to pay attention to it, but you just clearly articulated EKG. EEG waves with your brain, it's there. Mm-hmm. Interestingly, there's a lot of Eastern type medicine that focuses on energy and how it moves through the body. So that might be something we need to talk about at some <laughs> other point. But as we near the end of our episode, Ashley, what else can you uh, tell our listeners that can help them with this secondary traumatic stress and burnout issue? I really think that just the, the awareness of yourself and trying to understand that you don't necessarily always have the control to not have that trigger happen. You don't know what's going to come through the door. You don't know what your assignment's going to be, but just being aware of how you feel when these things are occurring. So you can have that inner dialogue with yourself and get rid of the energy that you don't need. The awareness I know can be super frustrating and sometimes at first feel exhausting, but Also think of it in a way of, yes, it is exhausting, but once you get over, get up over that hump, it's just going to become the new natural norm. That's when your car and your little raceway is swinging back to the normal. So you can finish that finish line. Very interesting visions that you put into our head right there. I don't know why this popped into my head, but there was a song in the eighties called silent serenity. Mm-hmm. And it talked about taking control of your dreams. And so although this, of course, is based on science, what we're talking about today, but it is taking control of your energy and, and where you're focusing that. So, well, thank you so much for enlightening us today, Ashley. We really appreciate all that you've shared with us. And for our listeners, we will include in our notes more about what you've been working on, more about Treat the Nurse. and and how they can find out more. So thank you so much for being here. Absolutely, thank you so much for having me. It's really exciting to be able to share the Eastern medicine, joining Western medicine to really get our daily debriefing under control to make ourselves feel more whole. Absolutely. Well, that's all we have today for RN Huddle. Thank you so much for listening about this very important topic of traumatic stress and burnout. We really appreciate Ashley Boyd spending time with us today. We hope that you've learned some strategies that will help you and let us know if you want to hear more about this topic by uh, getting in touch with us by taking a look at the contact information in our show notes. Thank you so much, listeners. We really appreciate you. We hope that you are having a wonderful day in your nursing journey. Thank you so much. We'll talk to you next time on RN Huddle. Thank you for listening to RN Huddle. To stay connected, follow us on Twitter and Facebook at UNMC CNE or check out unmc.edu slash CNE for more program information.